Hey everyone, welcome to Failed Rockstar Club podcast. Podcast that talks about music, mental health and fashion. Mm. Hello everyone. It's one of those ones where we've put Instagram live on and so we're often distracted by what's going on that. So if you're listening to just the podcast you'll be like, why do they they seem so distracted? Yeah. And it's also on its side, so... Howdy! Um, okay, so, um, yeah, it's been a week since the Richie Mac podcast. Yeah. What did you make of, what did you make of well, what, what happened? Well, it was lovely to talk to him, because I haven't, you know, he's an old friend, but I haven't actually spoken to him that, that much in the last couple of years, so it was nice to just Old to friend him. as in age old, or, <laughs> or time, length of friendship. Length of friendship, yeah. Uh, so it's just lovely to talk to him, and as I was saying to you... It was interesting to think about the relationship from his perspective, basically, because for those of you who didn't listen, he was our producer, and we we often talk about our relationship with our producer, and we never sort of it was we were his first ever production job, and he was sort of talking about how he was sort of nervous and apprehensive about the whole situation, and we didn't really uh, consider that. We were so worried about what we were doing and what we were thinking, we didn't even think about him. Yep. So that's what I. That's kind of what I took from it. Well, yeah, it's, that was an, that was probably one of the most interesting points of the whole thing, wasn't it? Mm. That to be from the producer's point of view, and you always imagine that as a band, it's it's quite selfish, I guess, isn't it? And you don't yeah. really consider that. And we all thought we were such a big kind of player that it was easy for him. Yeah, he, he definitely faked it. Like we never noticed like nerves or anything. No, but of course, everybody has that brings their own insecurities. And yeah. if he's doing something for the first time, he's well out of his comfort zone. But we didn't notice we thought he was in his comfort zone yeah yeah it's true but it's a good lesson on just empathy in general really like just always seeing things from other people's perspectives instead of your own bloody <laughs> selfish point of view yeah which we're all, we're all guilty of well it's, it's impossible to it's pretty impossible to truly understand what anyone else is thinking yeah but I think it's your, your duty as a good person to do your best to try to try yeah that's what we ask on the Vail Rockstar Club mm. yep that's true so um, in the spirit of trying yes um, Chess if you could be a friend with any member of the Prodigy mm-hmm. the pro- dead or alive <laughs> right okay who would it be and why well I'll tell you for why oh, okay. my favourite member of the Prodigy growing up because I was a big Prodigy fan in the mid 90s yep so Jilted Generation had come out and that was like the soundtrack to like every party I went to in that especially in that summer yeah and Leroy was my favourite member because he did this dance move which I took on as my own yeah and would drop used to go down really well whenever someone would play the project I'd do this special dance move that Leroy did Leroy's dance moves <laughs> yeah and was Leroy he wasn't that was Maxime no so he wasn't all he was was a dancer in yeah. the project and I'd, like, I'd be interested to talk to him about what just being a dancer in a band was like. Because he didn't get to do any of the vocal bits like what Keith did. Because Keith and him were both dancers on the first album. They were just on the vibes and the, mm-hmm. the dancing. And then Jewel Generation came out and then obviously Keith started doing... No, it was the next album where he did Firestarter Bat and... Bat of the Land? Bat of the Land. Yeah. Where he did Breathe and Firestar and started doing all the vocals. And Leroy was still just a dancer. <laughs> 
So it would be interesting to talk to him about that. Okay. But he let he left, I think. Because during I imagine because he was thinking well, he's doing all the MC and he's doing all the vocals now. You the the other one, Liam Howlett, is like doing everything. Yeah. Does all the music and gets all the money. What am I doing? (laughs) Doing that special dance move at the front. Yeah. And so I imagine he thought, I'm out of here. But he was dating Sarah Cox. Was he? Yeah. At the time in in his 90s pomp. Uh, So yeah, Leroy for me. Okay. I have. I was going to say Leroy actually, because he (laughs) felt like the underdog. Yep. But I'll go for Liam. Howlett? Yep, the main, the the main, main one. Yep. Yeah, because without him, they wouldn't have had a band. <laughs> yeah, they any music. Yeah. And he seemed like he's quite a creative kind of fella. Yep. He was married to an Appleton. He was, yep. yep. Uh, Natalie. Natalie Appleton. Appleton. Yep. Um, and I don't know, I just felt like he, he seemed like a kind of. He was from Brain. Well, they're all from Brain Tree, weren't yep. they? Yeah, six. Yeah. But he, he was a, the brains behind the operation, so I'd be yes. interested to kind of be buddies with him and. Find out how he how he ticked. Because when they play live, live, and he didn't seem as um, scary as Keith. That's true. Yeah. When they were live, like he was like behind a bank of like synthesizers. I don't know if he was even actually playing them, but he had like a column of mm-hmm. four synthesizers. And he was just sort of hidden. Maybe he's just watching. His, he just pressed play and watched the extenders. <laughs> Probably. Oh, fucking good he episode! Must, this he must have put his hands in the air and gone woo. Put your hands in the air if you just don't care. Well, he's got to pretend he's playing about five synthesizers. He's oh, got to pretend he's yeah. only got his arms free to do that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I always found their life setup quite interesting. That mm. he was doing that, then he had a guy with like those scary eyeballs. Yeah, Maxime. Like, contact. Yeah, Maxime reality. Yeah, scaring everyone, and then two two dancers who would kind of sort of yeah rotate. Good live band though. So, do you watch them at V ninety seven? Yes. About headline the yeah Saturday. Yeah. I did indeed. Some of it anyway. It wasn't really my, not your, my bag, really. Not your bag. A bit too aggressive. <laughs> it was quite scary. Yeah. The punk, the spirit of punk. Yeah, it was, basically, yeah. But, you know, fair play to them. They had a good career, didn't they? They and certainly did. How did you feel when you heard the news about um, Keith? Keith. <sighs> well, I can't pretend. I can't pretend that I was particularly... You know, moved oh, by it. No. Uh, you know, I was sad, always sad when somebody dies young. Hmm. But yeah, he wasn't. You know, I can't pretend that he was a hero of mine or anything like that. You know, I, I'm a Leroy guy, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he passes away, then that's it. Yeah. Well, week's morning. If, yeah, if Leroy goes, then you could be wearing black for I'm a month. Right. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. Okay, just remember that, everyone. Yeah. So I've pledged pledged to do that. Okay. Um, so. As is traditional, like every other week we do it now. Yeah. Uh, I don't even do it, we just as and when we get a question through. Of course. Um, we have a feature, because we have a lot of fans in Russia, for those of you who want to know that. Hey, Russia. Um, and all of you listening, yeah, our Russian fans. And I have an email through, funnily enough. Oh, do you want to do that? Yeah, do the jingle. Let's do the jingle. <laughs> do, obviously do the jingle. Here we go. Russian question of the week. There we go. Yeah. Okay, so Russian question of the week. Yeah, um, what is it this week? It's not fort- political, is it? Of the fortnight. This is from... Uh, I mean, uh, these Russians are off the reds, really. This is from Katerina Azalenka. Okay. In great Russia's state, <laughs> oh, we viciously <laughs> murdered our royal family... 
and some would say, as country, we better for it. Yep. Some would say. The Russian Revolution. She's talking about the Russian Revolution. I believe she is, yeah. yeah. Viciously murder. Uh, Do you think not-so-great British monarchy (laughs) should meet same fate, or do you see a place for royal family in future British culture? Ooh. That that is a very topical and interesting question, Katerina. Thank you for (laughs) asking it. (laughs) Mm, That's an interesting one. Do you know what? If you'd asked me... Maybe five, ten years ago, I I was very... Well, not very pro-royal, but I like what the royal family represent. I like the fact they represent our history, and I used to be really into... You like the royals, don't you? History of the royals? Yeah. When I was a kid, I used to have books and books about the kings and queens of England, and that's what I'd read in bed, weirdly, for for pleasure, when I was, like, 12 or something. Yeah. And, yeah, so I was really... I think because they reminded me of that, and I like the history, but now... I must admit I find them out of, like, irrelevant, out of touch, and a symbol what, of a lot 12 of... Or no, no, just, just in the last... Then, yeah, right? yeah, I've changed, yeah. I think in the last few... I think just because the world's changed, and I think they're sort of a symbol of the old, the old world, and a symbol of Britain invading... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my body reacting to that. Yeah. <laughs> this anti-royal talk. They're a symbol of, yeah, British Empire and kind of a lot of, you know, bad things that we that we did, which we still mm-hmm. try and sort of celebrate, which we shouldn't, if anything. I'm happy for them still to be kind of, to exist. Alive. I'm not saying execute them, but I don't, yeah. I, but do you not think they're just ceremonial I, now? Like well, they yeah, don't they actually are. make yeah. any decisions or anything, they're just no, the media. But then there is still, narrative. yeah, there's still an obsession with them, isn't there? And, you still get a lot of flag waving people who, if you, I think they only net what we spend versus what they bring into the economy. In actually, fact, they make us money as an economy through tourism. People's yeah. obsession by them. I don't. I think. I don't think the talk, if they. I don't think people would stop coming to England if the king and queen. No, but I think we'd the, make less money. Well, well, then we won't know, will we? Until we'll we never know. try, until we kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> Until we viciously murdered them. Yeah. No, I didn't. I don't mean that. I don't want anyone to be viciously murdered, but no. Katerina. Uh, but yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan. And I think uh, if you want to tie this into the Harry and Meghan thing, well, I think it exposed. Well, oh, I don't. But yeah. <laughs> right, okay. But yeah, Katerina seems to be. Um, yeah, implying that. that. Yeah, I think it exposed a lot of people's. So, who is your favourite <laughs> member of the current serving royal family? <laughs> uh, Andrew. Oh, so I can't have Harry. No, current Andrew. Is he, is he <laughs> no, it's not Andrew. He, yeah, he's still there. He's just taking a back seat. Oh. <laughs> um, Edward's a twonk. Andrew's a pedo. Allegedly. The, qu- the Queen? Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. The Queen. Okay. I think the Queen's all right. Yeah. I like the Queen. Well, I don't think she's done anything. Fergie. And- She's, still She's not current royal family. <laughs> they got divorced like twenty years ago. Oh. Uh, I think she probably still gets invited to parties. And Do stuff, you feel sorry she's... for the children being born? Because also ultimately, you know that it's not their choice. They're born into this. That's that is true. And I do. I, yeah, I feel sad for them. Like the way Harry was talking about it, it was like that they were basically prisoners. They couldn't lead a a life as we know it. Like yeah. they're bound by obligation. Obligation and what? Yeah, what they can and can't do and. It's sounds quite sad being a like he's got out, but he felt sad for the ones who are still 
In. In, yeah. So... It's a bit like a cult. A little bit. Like, he kept calling it the firm, didn't he? Yeah. Which has got, like, big connotations with of, mafia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of gangsters. Yeah. And which is obviously organized a, a, crime. Deliberate, a deliberate phrase he's chosen to use in that. Yeah. The firm. Yeah. The queen. <laughs> huh? The queen wants you gone. I want one gone. One is going to get whacked. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I hope that's answered your question, Katharina. Yeah, but so I don't, usual, I don't want them, on a fence. I don't want them assassinated, but I wouldn't mourn. Want them phased out? Mourn them being phased should, out? Do you yeah. think they should be phased out over a generation? I'd like to see them on. Because uh, you can literally just go day to day. No, yeah, f- yeah, no, phase them out gradually, and then put them on like I'm a celebrity. Get me out of there. That, things like that. Mm. They'd have to. They'd need to earn some money. Well, exactly. If, but then well, who would be in charge then? Who would be? So Boris Johnston would be uh, head of state. Would be well, the most, would be the main man. He essentially is anyway, isn't he? Mm. How, I mean, how much can the Queen actually? No, but she didn't. She say yes or yay or nay, <sighs> yeah or nah. Feels like that's mainly kind of ceremonial. Again. Yeah, mm. I, I don't know. See, I mean, in the in the uh, Crown, the Queen was certainly disagreeing with Maggie Thatcher quite a lot. And, uh, was she? Yeah, but. I don't know how much of that that's was based on fact. Real. <laughs> my wife keeps using the crown as fact. Yeah. She she quotes the crown crown as being as this is what happened fact, and I'm suspicious that that's well, a fact. It's not a documentary. No, only the people who were in the room knew what happened. Mm. So it, no, it can't be called fact, but it's a, it's a version of okay. the truth. <laughs> that can is that's a phrase. Yeah. So we are essentially a year into lockdown. Yes, we are. Which is Oof. what this episode is going to it's be. It's kind of a lockdown called. anniversary version yeah. version of the podcast. Yeah. We can sort of look back on the last year, how a year, we've changed, how the business has changed. Yeah. And how music, how as a band or how musicians might have had to adapt in a year in the last year. Mm. Um, a year in the life. So can you remember then, a year ago, how the lockdown started? Like... How or what happened or where we were when, when we were when we first had the news? Boom, boom, boom. Well, it was kind of rumbling after Christmas. It was sort of rumbling under, wasn't it? It looked it was getting worse and worse. wasn't Yeah, it, it always looked like it was heading that way. I think we went into lockdown with five hundred confirmed cases. Yeah, and that was still way too late. Which is mental now. If you, yeah. if you look back, there were a couple of like gigs and football matches that and Chelt Cheltenham all is now. Yeah. Which all happened just as we were ever, you know, the outcry was we should be in lockdown and then these big events went on and, you know, that was obviously, yeah. a lot of people point to that as the kind of part of the reason that numbers were so high. Uh, I remember after, just after Christmas it becoming a sort of very real thing. Like before Christmas it was something we were joking about. After Christmas, well, I went. I first time I heard of, even heard about Corona. You were on the way back from Zanzibar on holiday. From I went to Zanzibar for my birthday, yeah. and on the way back, I heard first time I heard about it. And that was like mid-January. Mm-hmm. It was in the news, so I think it was around then that the words start trickling through. So from between from January to the twenty third of January, I think twenty third of January is when we had to close the shop when we chose to close. And then that night, <laughs> yeah, then we, we announced to. it. Yeah. yeah. So we closed like a day or the morning of the of the day, and they he announced that everyone was closed into lockdown on the evening. Yeah, and I think looking back, the first part was it felt like a novelty, didn't it? 
Hmm. And I got the, I got the impression a lot of people were like, oh look, I've got all this time on my hands. Oh look, I've got all this money that I, I'm not spending on hmm. going out or travel or whatever it might be. And so, from a business point of view, it was actually yes, it was not great that the shop was shut, but for online, for us, it was kind of actually a bit of a peak because I think people were like, no one had sort of no one foresaw that it was going to go on for this long. So people weren't like, oh, I need to save money or whatever. It was all like, oh, I've got all this money. Mm. That's what it felt like. And per- certainly personally, like actually li- living <clears throat> it, it was just like, oh, this is, this is strange. You know, you know when it's you... A novelty. Have a, yeah, you have a change. It's kind Do of, you think that your opinion would have been different if you'd known that a year later we'd still oh, be God, in a lockdown? Oh, God, yes. If, I think if, any, if people knew it, how long it was going to take, they'd have gone... People would have gone nuts. Like, more nuts than... I shouldn't say nuts. I mean, I think people would have had real men- mental health difficulties with it like not being able to see a kind of end because was that all, was the first one always going to be like three months is that what it was no it just carried on and carried on yeah because I remember having a conversation with other shops and we were having a bet on how long we were going to be closed for yeah and they were saying oh mid-April will be back open it'll only be a month so the kind of general thought was it'll be a month or so and then when did, when did we officially go it was like three months or so, June, yeah. mid June. Yeah, because we, oh, this is boring. But we <laughs> basically we had to pay our rent as we just about opened again yeah. in the shop. But as a, as a business, the first time round, we actually did quite well out of it. We got good, a kind of a good grants. The online side of things was quite good. Um, because everyone was out spending that first lockdown, people were at home spending money, and it was we actually had a really positive three months. Yeah, and it was actually kind of it worked all right. And near the end, it was starting to great, but the first two or three months, we actually did well out of it. Um, so it's a, kind of like a really positive time. But the second time round has been a whole different. Yeah. Well, then there was the second, game. the short one, wasn't there? It was the yeah. November to December one. Yeah. Which I think because. Because you knew it was coming to an end at December, it didn't really feel... Oh, it was random. It was a fucking waste of time, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, it just... It, yeah. They should have... You know, they could have done it then and we would have been out of it by now. Yeah. The whole the whole coming back out for December, like... I was mean, a, it's a huge error, wasn't it, I guess? It certainly feels that way. But, saying that, when the times that you did open again after you were closed, it was, as a business... It was really good. Like we had a great December because yeah. uh, people wanted to spend money. People were desperate to go out and spend money. Well, it's obviously Christmas, so yeah, and Christmas, and it was a really positive time. And it felt it really felt like people wanted to shop local and independent mm. as well, which is obviously great for us. And you know, going forward, I hope that's something people do. Certainly, when you talk to people, when I talk to you know people on email or the phone or whatever, and there seems to be an attitude of kind of. We want to shop local. We want to help out the small businesses now, but you know we'll see. It's easy to say that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and then you go to Primark to get all your all your clothes because it's cheap. But you, you, uh, yeah, it was. I don't know. It's like a tale of two halves, really. I always, I actually feel I knew this was going to be a really shit one because also a positive for the first one was the weather was good. Everyone's outside. You yeah. had more walks in the garden. The sun was out. Yeah. The second time round, it's. The shittiest time of year, anyway. The hardest three months of the year. Bad weather. Yeah. And this time round, it's been an absolute fucking nightmare, isn't it? It's been such a slog. It's not yeah. been much fun. <coughs> but we're still not out of it. So. Yeah. That's but it. We, but we're close so, now, aren't we? Yeah. 
so many people are affected by, not even in a lockdown, but no. seasonal affective disorder, to to varying degrees. Some mm. people just get it. Some people get it really badly. Yeah, it's like in, during the winter. Mm. But some people just get a mild case of it. And you you are when you wake up and it's dark, you can't help but feel sad. And then you mm. you you know you leave work and it's it's dark again. And you haven't mm. really even seen the. You haven't really been out. You haven't got any fresh air. The vitamin D. It's rainy. Yeah. It's it's demoralising. That's tough. This this whole lockdown's been tough for everybody, and Mm. everyone's got their various versions of what purgatory's like. Whether you live on your own and you just the loneliness, uh, whether you live with maybe with people that you don't particularly get on with, or you live with family who don't kind of. Understand you, I don't know, or you, you don't have a garden. If you live in a small flat, or whatever, you don't have a garden. You don't get that outdoor space or whatever. There's all sorts of versions. Or you, or you've got kids and they've been off school, and you're trying to homeschool as well as try and keep doing a full time job. That's mm-hmm. that's been hard. You know, there's, there's all sorts of versions. Not only that, but also the fact is that this second time around seemed to be that a lot more people were affected by the virus. Yeah. Like, everyone you seem to speak to was saying, oh, this time around I seem to know it's gone a lot closer to home. Yeah, and first first lockdown, we didn't know anyone knew. Had it, did we? Like, yeah. first-hand. There was yeah. no... We had to go maybe three... Mm. There were people who hadn't been tested, who thought, like, I think I had it. Yeah. Like, our friend Nick sort of, I think, had, had it, but didn't get tested, so I guess... Mm. You don't know for sure. Don't do know for sure. People in our life like that, but this time, I mean, we all got it in around Christmas and then our families all got it and it was a much more of a real yeah. a real threat at that at that point I suppose and I get that was I suppose my lowest the lowest point of the whole this past year I think was when that day we were all queuing for for tests <laughs> pretty much knowing we had it and just it was knowing we were about to go back into lockdown it looked like that's when all the rumours were starting to come out about the schools were going to shut again, and it, yeah, that was a, and we didn't, yeah, it was a lot of people saying, oh, it's not going to be over till summer. Some people saying Easter. It was all kind of, it felt like dark times, didn't it? Yeah, that was the low point, and you know, again, obviously the weather factor. You knew you were going into it, knowing you couldn't <clears throat> just sit in your garden and soak up some rays. It was. How do you think, as a small business? We've coped over a year. Well, I was thinking thinking about this on the way in. Like, what would we have well, done? We're actually a micro business. Yeah. Not even small. Yeah. Not even good enough to be small. Can't even count ourselves as small. Uh, micro business, micro penis. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking, if social media, imagine this had happened in 1993, let's say. Okay. Like, how would we have communicated with our customers, with our community that we've tried to create so our whole business ethos is about not being more than just a shop or a company is like being part of a part of a community in a a hub specifically the shop but also our website like trying to promote positivity and all this kind of stuff and really create a sort of togetherness with our customers we wouldn't have been able to do any of that we'd have just been a just a complete uh, close down yeah just a shop that is shut we'd have had to just rely on the grants that Hello. My name is Bernard 2001. You might recognize me from my collaborations with Radiohead and Stephen Hawking. 
I actually did a lot of his heavy lifting for him. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about Best Days Vintage. If you like sustainable vintage fashion, feel-good prints, and positive well-being, then they're the guys for you. Visit them at 40 Eld Lane, Colchester, or online at bestdaysvintage.co.uk. out, mother crushers. We might or might not have got <clears throat> and then hope, hope for the best. But being able to, you know, we often slag off social media, but because of that, we've been able to keep that, keep that sense of community, hopefully, and uh, be able to interact with our customers and put out stuff that's just, you know, show that we're still thinking of you and uh, yeah it would have been totally mad can you have you thought about that if you sort of imagine what it uh, I think it just would have been like some businesses have literally like rep pubs for example just have to just completely close down yeah. they don't have an internet option yeah. a lot of small business small and micro businesses have tried haven't they to do community based stuff but in the end they've all given it up like you don't see many small businesses now kind of doing those like little deliveries and talking about those deliveries really. they were doing I think they've just had to accept that it's just just lock it down. Yeah. And also, if you have like, if you rely mainly on your shop and your website is like secondary, be, I mean, I wonder how many businesses have actually kind of managed to build their websites up over time because it's not an easy job that. Certainly not, not. Which we find, you know, we found, and so it's. I don't know how they how they managed to do it. I'm like, interested to find like talking to like other small businesses how they found it. Or whether or not, because you don't have huge overheads, relatively speaking, compared to these big companies, whether that's what's able to make you keep you surviving, and you don't expect or take out huge dividends out of your company, so you're able to kind of have to, the business is able to survive a little bit more, whereas like some of these big companies have had to have all you know closing down. And this has been a tough time in the high street anyway, and this has been like the death yeah. knoll. Yeah, Thornton's poor old Thornton's has gone now. Yeah. Probably because massive overheads and <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, I think relatively speaking, we've done okay out of it, and we're still uh, here. Exactly, I think still to be here, we have to see that as a a positive, as a positive and a yeah. success. And it's been fucking difficult though, and it's <laughs> it's hard. You're not making enough money. We're losing money. We've lost we've lost probably about ten grand, I'd say, since Christmas in cash, which is a lot of money for us. But we're still here, just about. And if you kind of feel like you can get through that and. With the help, you know, to be fair, the government grants have been fucking really helpful, haven't they? We, were, we wouldn't have survived without them. Yeah. Well, I should at this point say bestdaysvintage.co.uk for that's, you know, if you do want to help, that's where you should go. You can buy failed Rockstar Club merch as well as top notch vintage. Have a look, I think I'm wearing. I'm wearing one right now. Hey! Oh. Is that. Nipple. <laughs> a bit nip. Uh, yeah. Top-notch vintage clothing and uh, our Giphy brand as well. So do, do go on there. It really does. Ha- like we started like writing a little note on each thing that we sell on there because it telling people how much it actually means because it genuinely every sale does mean a lot. But this this is not an advert for the shop, but do you think it can help? Yeah, it does. But do you, talking of that, do you think that 
you've had or do you think general people are going to have a big better appreciation towards community businesses like do you think that's where the yeah. future lies in regards well, to well I, I hope so I hope so for the like for the high streets to, to survive I think that's you've got to give people more reason to to come see you it's not enough to just be a four walls and a roof with some clothes inside it's got to be an and an and reason we I think we we realize that eventually with our shop that it it's got to be an experience you've got to give them reasons to come back again and again because of, yeah i don't I don't think you can survive otherwise in hmm. yeah yes yeah, so I think i mean it's people have been saying this for ages, but it's probably more true than ever that to be a small uh, independent community based business it's about more than just yeah come in buy clothes now fuck off there yeah. there has to be more than that um, and there has to be exper- yeah experiential event based kind of product as well as like fun that goes with that 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 thing because you can just go onto someone's website and go click 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 buy but you have to but when you're kind of dealing with small shops now and the people within those shops that's where you will always win over internet because we've also found that it's, it's very hard to speak to people and build those relationships when you're just like this on a phone or on or via email or, whatever, yeah. or via email or on DMs or whatever it's it's not the same as face to face interaction and they're building those relationships with people do you think people are, I've spoken to a few people who feel like they're going back into a normal inverted commas way of life people are a bit scared of it no, like people are scared of being amongst people. Do you think that'll be a thing? Yeah, do I think that there'll be? But humans are so social that I don't think it'll take long for to get back to into get the, back. Yeah, it's the idea of hugging someone randomly. Yeah, which is weird. A weird concept. Like it's been a year of not hugging people really, and that sort of thing, and that kind of skin to skin kind of touching. Yeah, to make you do with babies because that's how important it is. Yep. So you've you never had it as that. well. And the other thing is, like, obviously, it's where the relationship now, the power grows in regards to the high street and the internet. Like, where has this been? A, is this now a f- fundamental? It's obviously sped up the process, but is it a fundamental change now that the internet is now just that's it? That's the future, and that there isn't going to be a place for the high street. Well, I hope not. Sincerely hope not. Obviously, mm. but maybe it could be the opposite way. Maybe people are. It's going to remind people that they want to see people and they want to interact and share you know and one thing it has done is it's sped up businesses that are already were transitioning yeah it's gone at a lightning speed now because of you know it has to have had to because they've had no choice and so the whole thing sped up with like how companies how how many staff you have the kind of like automation that's involved and the, the kind of the online presence of businesses as well which made us concentrate more on it, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, we've had, the first time we've really had time to do it because we've sort of stripped one the shops open. We're stretched so thin. Yeah. We've had positives out of it. So, like, yeah. in a year we've built our mailing list. In a year we've built our website, which was basically sit lying dormant. Yep. And in a year we've, you know, now it's kind of like doing all right. It's take it's helping to kind of like support the company. Um, create a podcast in a year. Yeah. You know these sort of ways of so, reaching out and communicating yeah. with people. This is like us. I think it's important to acknowledge those positives. It hasn't just been doom and gloom and no. oh god, 
Yeah, you haven't just sat back on a ass and no. you've actually kind of no. got out and made. You have to see it as an opportunity, I suppose, to yeah. do the things you couldn't do before, get stuff done. Yeah, and obviously, well, we have like the option, isn't there? And not, not only that, but I suppose we're also saying that we're looking at maybe kind of taking a huge risk and investing in a shop, aside like a like growing the shop, footprint, yeah. which is some people might say is mental, but it's like I don't know. And they might be right. Yeah, because four months ago <laughs> it would have been the perfect thing to do, but four months later, with the way the way this has been I mean, these last three months, it's now seems a bit more scary. Yeah, and who knows what the landscape's going to look like when yeah. when we go back? Yeah, nobody. But hopefully, like we say, people will really want to kind of support local businesses and go back to that community and come in for a cup of coffee and a chat and that yeah. kind of thing. And I'm I'm confident they will. You know, yeah. I think people, like we were saying, people are going to be a bit apprehensive and kind of. Everyone who's sort of hermited and hasn't seen anyone, it's it's obviously going to be weird transitioning back to being among mm. lots like, of people. For example, like the, the kids that the sort of students and the young people that do that are in our world have all gone back to college now, so they're already back into. That yeah, world. that's true. Yeah, that's true. So it won't be such a strange transition for them. No. Yeah, that's the people I'm talking about. Are sort of parents, like more close to our age, I guess. Who are literally been working from home this, for this a time? Year. Yeah, there's a lot of people working from home. And I met an accountant on the field when I was walking the dog, and he said that he's been asked to come back to work now in April. Yeah, and he's been working from home for a year, and he's not happy about it. Cause he's like scared because he's got yeah. so used to being at working from home. Yep. Cabin fever. Yeah. He's real. Yeah, Rox, my wife goes back to work in uh, oh. Daniel Stephen Turner. He'll be in when he can. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Um, what about music wise like what do you obviously we all know there's been a huge impact when it comes to live gigs but what do you think we would have done differently is there anything we could have done as, if we were a band it's difficult isn't it because I was talking to Matt about this yesterday it doesn't feel like there's been that much you'd think all these musicians would have this much time on their hands yeah. to spend writing yeah. but at the same time they haven't really experienced anything to write to write yeah. about you're going to be like we said before loads of albums coming out next year that are about loneliness or quite possibly you'd think they would have come out now you've had a year yeah. to sort of but loads of stuff happened in the first lockdown didn't they with like there was yeah. quite a big media presence and people doing it's Zoom lot and making light, stuff yeah. but this Zoom time gigs. around it feels like everyone's just gone into hibernation there hasn't been as much I think that speaks volumes about the sort of state of people's mindsets with like yeah. being over it and kind of the winter the winter factor and yeah. people just seem sadder this time around but at the same time there's hope right there's festivals happening there's festivals yeah, on the start, horizon it's starting to sort of stoke up a bit of excitement I think certainly like our model Gemma she's booked a couple of festivals and is hyped it's, yeah. it's really good to see that people because I was worried people would be scared to I think if that was me I'd be like I don't want to be among big crowds but yeah. kids are kids are fearless you know yeah. they don't care they just want to be out there living yeah. enjoying their youth and I suppose it's the thought, very thought of a festival to me just <laughs> makes me want to go to bed. But I am, I'm old, so that's the difference. I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, Reading tickets are now apparently selling for thousands or something because they're, they're sold out so demand. fast. Oh, yeah. wow. So that's really good, that's encouraging. I think people are going to really, again, like they want to support small businesses, they really want to support the, the music industry mm-hmm. and live, live music. Just get back and do stuff again. Yeah. Because had a whole year of not yeah. doing anything. Because I think do you reckon this is going to be like a absolutely mad summer. I'd have thought so. I'd be very surprised if people didn't go 
even crazier than they normally do at festivals because it's just going to be just a pack massive up, release, isn't it? Like loads of like pop ups, quick pop ups yeah. to be appearing because it takes a long time to organise a festival. Of course, but it's exciting. I, I'd like to think because I was always quite prolific. I find songwriting easy. I'd have definitely come up with volume quantity but it's just whether the quality you know whether not having that experience means that the quality of I'm sure there's lots of musicians who've come up with tons and tons of song ideas but not I don't I don't feel like we've had a lockdown masterpiece no well I think one of the Taylor best, Swift would probably the biggest best, best thing is people that have been able to use social uh, use the internet to kind of like be creative with how they kind of get their stuff their point across mm-hmm. by like you know like when you sort of like thingy Dexter uh, elbow and stuff doing like those like cool little videos at first that everyone was yeah. like and they might have started copying them but it's like these ways of using social media and zoom and so as Dexter's my dog scratching the carpet Dexter stop it you can't bury a bone there go on he's just settling himself down um yeah um yeah like that's been quite cool like for example when we spoke to Evo and how they were doing like lockdown gigs yep. and every single week they were kind of doing it it's good when you've got a studio in your house to use that as a system but it's yeah. worked for them right I assume not many bands have that option but they, yeah they've really kind of capitalised on and for example in, in the culture today, like Pet Needs have like gone for, you know had a very successful yeah, made year an, made an album in lockdown yeah they've been signed they've got like a live deals and like international live deals and stuff like so there's, there's been opportunities for bands out there, isn't there? Of course. And music. I think you have to see it as an opportunity to just write and get hone your craft. Like, just keep writing. That's that's what I would have done. I, I think. You've got you know if you've got time in your hands, you use it to be creative. Um. So. Should I should I do last the? Yeah, I was going to say. Do you want to talk about? Um, probably be a shortish one this week but um, do you want to uh, yeah have a play with um, our quiz show of the <laughs> I was talking about yep. JD's KP's RB so well it's a fortnight ago now but I should do last week's the answers to two weeks ago's JD's KP zombies. Did you get them? I can't remember what they I forgot. So they were GW, you don't have to travel to Japan, you're welcome to come the other way. That was, of course, Go West. Yeah, no, I didn't get that. <laughs> and PY, he's been getting off with girls since he was 10, was Paul Young. Paul Young. <laughs> I got Paul Young. <laughs> uh, yeah, and right. very well done to Simon Ashurst, who got the. Uh, the answer's correct. Congratulations to you. Now, will you get these ones? It's a little bit of uh, knowledge required for these ones. So, two, as usual, just to explain, I give you two cryptic clues. You have to guess the band or the artist that I'm describing. I give you the initials, so I'm very helpful like that. Okay, so, number one, M-A. Go and draw a symbol on that nut. Go and draw a symbol on that nut. And... J.A. Henry VIII's third wife can't eat one hobnob without eating the whole packet. <laughs> I've got J.A. <laughs> Steve's got it, but... So do email info at bestdaysvintage.co.uk or 
tweet us, direct message us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'll put them on Instagram later as well, so okay. give you a chance. That is James Kicks that's Cole Pilkinson's Rockbusters. Oh, thank you. Okay, uh, so there you go. Uh, before we throw, actually, I wanted to ask you, we've, we've kind of touched on social media, but do you think social media has become more powerful than ever? <sighs> TikTok that's certainly a big has in the last year. Well, t- TikTok's the one that's grown the most, I suppose, over over the lockdown period. If you think we weren't even... We were on it just before lockdown, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the Brucey TikTok. I mean, that was yeah. a big part of lockdown for me. Jesus had his, um, yeah, his greatest ever t- success. <laughs> yeah. A little taste of fame. Literally the most popular thing I've ever done, which is the saddest fact about my life, that it was a 15-second TikTok about Bruce Forsyth. That's, that's sad. That's sad. But it is. It's like a. It can be a fame maker, right? It's like look of at course. Um, well, very own Sam Ryder. That's true. That's a, he's a big winner of lockdown. Yeah. He's had the time and the. And he's used social media for his his own success. He's yeah. And if you haven't heard of him, he was number one in the global iTunes charts last week, I think, and his songs all over the place. He's played in the shop. Uh, but yeah, g- good luck to him. He's, he's used it for, I suppose, what it what it is for to share these days. It's a, a marketing thing mostly, isn't it? Everyone's a brand, and if you want to get your brand, yeah. But if you can make it work, right? It's like, what would? Yeah, again, there's no way it like, would happen. Like your Brucey, cream rises to the top. <laughs> exactly. Because you have. Oh, Dexter's farted. Oh, oh, oh God! Come on. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Dex. Well, he stank before he oh, did that, but that's... Oh, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. Oh, but yeah, you actually... Because oh. funny enough, you tried a, um Alan Hansen impression, right? Which um, did no have equal levels of success on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they're not all going to work. But I'm of the throw a lot of shit at the wall, metaphorical shit, until something, Brucey, sticks. Mm-hmm. Throw a lot of shit at Brucey until it sticks. Uh... Oh, we can't see the first rush. Alex has sent a message. Social media is the best and worst thing to ever happen at the same time. I agree with that. The best and worst thing. Yeah, well, it is because we've talked about the positives of it today. How are. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's not many positives in this room right now. No, there isn't. There's one stinky negative. Like, the positives of being able to share things and, you know, keep that sense of community, which is what it was designed for, I suppose. Mm. But it, the, the flip side is that that whole. Which we've talked about a million times about the everyone's got that time on their hands to just be spending their life comparing themselves to others and trying to, and that makes a lot of people very sad, including myself. I get angry about it if I wake up in the wrong mood and I scroll for Instagram. It, everything fucking pisses me off on there. Does my head in, but then sometimes I wake up and think, oh, that's lovely, lovely stuff. Hmm. So it's I suppose it's all about mindset. And I think if you wake up in one of those angry moods, do your Steve has this technique where, technique where you inhale for three seconds, hold it for four seconds, and then exhale for five seconds. The three, four, five. Yeah. Steve's three, four, five technique. So we can do it, we can no. do it together. <laughs> no, let's not do it. Let's not inhale in here. No, no, we can't do it. But I suggest you do it at home. It's a really good technique for sort of calming yourself. And if you feel yourself getting stressed, I highly recommend it. We, we do it now at the beginning of our meetings yeah. and just... Whenever we're yeah, a bit overwhelmed. Yeah, it's a really it's a really quick and easy way of doing it as well. Yeah, um, it's easy to remember because the numbers are in order. That yeah. always helps. 
We can all count to five. Yeah. Even you, Alex. Yeah. Remember to start from three. Yeah. Uh, hi, Claudia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, she's in the bath. Oh. <laughs> oh, watch out. The podcast just got sexy. Yeah. All right. Okay, so to finish off, um, we have our last little feature. Yep. Uh, which is called... Oh! Don't the lyrics sound weird when you read them out? <laughs> Literally, my favourite bit of the podcast is listening to you do that jingle. But this week, I'm going to do it uh, in a in an accent. Now, so for any Scottish listeners, I'm going to apologise in advance. This week, I did a TikTok of me as Alan Hansen, the footballer, ex-footballer, ex-match of the day presenter. It got zero likes. <laughs> So why I'm doing it again, nobody knows. But I just, you know, I've got to get it out of my system, I think. So I'm yeah, just hoping someone will go, that's really good. Because yeah. you say he's been called a genius with your impressions. Well, exactly, with Brucey. I just want one person to say, good Alan Hansen. Anyway, so I'm going to do Hansen's Mbop. We, every week we do a little uh, readout. So, <clears throat> Oh, 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 yeah. You have so many relationships in this life, only one or two will last. You go through all the pain and strife, then you turn your back and they're gone so fast. Oh yeah, and they're gone so fast here. Oh, so hold on, the ones who really care, in the end they'll be the only ones there. And when you get old and start losing your hair, can you tell me who will still care? Can you tell me who will still care? (laughs) Umbop. Kind of like this. It's kind of sexy. Ba do ba ba do ba do ba do oh yeah. Said oh yeah in an umbop they're gone. Yeah 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 yeah. Plant a seed, plant a flower, plant a rose. You can plant any one of those. Keep planting to find out which one grows. It's a secret no one knows. It's a secret. No one knows. There you go, that was Alan Hansen reads Hansen. Yeah. And I think the problem <laughs> is that no one knows who Alan Hansen is anymore. Yeah, well, I addressed that in the TikTok. I said he hasn't been on TV for 20 years, and then I sort of go out of the screen. That was the whole point. Yeah, that was the joke. Wasted. That was the joke. I bet nobody made it to the end. Because <laughs> they didn't know who he was. I was doing Alan Hansen. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Yeah. Uh, enjoy your bath. Alex, keep throwing that shit at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. Oh, so there you go. So thank you everyone for listening to the Failed Rockstar Club podcast. Podcast that talks about music, mental health and fashion. And sometimes fashion. Actually, oh, have on. you changed your fashion? What, is, what do you think about, the, before we finish this, the, yeah. the last year lockdown fashion vibes? Loungewear. Well, that's it. I suppose I was in. I was already in loungewear because I liked a pajama trouser yeah. and a hoodie and or sweatshirt. Anyway, so I was kind of ready made for lockdown. Mm. I quite like the sort of matching. A friend of ours makes sort of matching two piece jogging. So what's she? Does she just call them lounge 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 suits. Lounge suits. But I yeah, I quite like them. Yeah. I, what about you? Do you think what that's you been think? an issue with like clothing this this time around? It feels like this time no one wants to go out. No one's been able to go out and so exactly. no one's been buying clothes. Everyone's skint anyway. And they've bought enough hoodies and sweatshirts to last them a lifetime. So, yeah. yeah but I th- I'm hoping, like, n- given that we're about to come out of lockdown, that it, you know people will be starting to think about 
dressing a bit more showy and kind of mm. people are going to see me. Uh, and my wife was calling it the lockdown snapback. Like how people are snapping back into mm. thinking more about the fashion, I suppose, and not oh, wow. just lounging around the house. We'll see. That's probably like a technical term they use at ASOS. Mm. <laughs> That's as, right. As seen on TV, if anyone doesn't know. <laughs> that seems like a good place to end this. <laughs> anyway, yeah. By Instagrammers, by podcasts, podcasts. Uh, yeah. Speak to you next week. Love you. Goodbye. No.